the first parable we will study in our series of sermons on the parables of Jesus is the parable of the sower, or as I am calling it, the parable of the seed, the sower, and the soils. If I would ask you to list the most familiar parables of Jesus, those which have been best remembered, I think I would find on your list the parable of the seed, the sower, and the soils. You would no doubt have down the parable of the prodigal son, Luke 15, and the parable of the good Samaritan, Luke 10, and perhaps the parable of the talents, Matthew 25, and perhaps the parable of the mustard seed, Matthew 13. But again, I think I would also find the parable of the seed, the sower, and the soils, which is not only found in Matthew 13, but also in Mark 4 and Luke chapter 8. The main teaching or lesson of the parable of the seed, the sower, and the soils is, as someone has put it, the result of the hearing of the word of God always depends on the condition of one's heart. The hearts of the hearers determine the effect of God's word upon them. Our parable of this morning is a parable about our hearts. Have you ever wondered what happens to all the preaching and teaching and reading of the Word of God? One answer is the result of the Word of God always depends on the condition of the heart. Here is the way we will study our parable of today. One, we will consider the seed in the parable. For what does the seed stand? Two, we will think about the sower in the parable. Who does the sower represent? Three, and here is where we will spend most of our time, we will look at the soils in the parable, the four soils, and we will focus on the heart here. Before we get into that outline, let us pray. Heavenly Father, please, in your grace, 
give each one of us the kind of heart we need to hear, to understand, and to respond to your word today. Please, Heavenly Father, give us the heart that we need for your glory. In Jesus' name, we pray to you, Heavenly Father. Amen. Point one, the seed. The Lord Jesus starts off his parable with the words. And these words are found in the end of verse 3 and the beginning of verse 4 of Matthew 13. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. Let's ask, what is this seed in the parable? For what does it stand? Our parable of today is found not only in Matthew, but as I mentioned earlier, it is also recorded in Mark and Luke. In Luke chapter 8, verse 11, where the Lord Jesus is explaining our parable, he says this about the seed. The seed is the word of God. Luke 8, verse 11. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. The seed being the word of God is clearly implied in Matthew 13, where we read in verses 18 and 19. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom, the seed which is scattered by the sower is the message about the kingdom. Of this, we can be sure. The seed that is sown in our parable is the message of the word of God, particularly the message about the kingdom of heaven. What the Lord Jesus scatters, what we are to spread, is the message of God's word, particularly the message about the kingdom of God. Why do you think Jesus in our parable compared God's word to seed? Let me give us one possible answer. Because a seed is actually quite powerful. It has life in it. I think it's safe to say that all of us have seen an acorn. An acorn is about the size of a nickel. An acorn, however, 
can turn into an oak tree that goes five, six, seven stories high. A seed is powerful. It has life in it. God's word, Peter tells us in 1 Peter 1.23, is a living word. Hebrews 4.12 says, the word of God is living and active. God's word does things in people. It does great things in people. It produces spiritual fruit. It radically changes lives for eternity. Jesus may have compared God's word to seed to remind us of the power and life of the word of God. One of my favorite stories illustrating the power of the word of God was given to me by Dr. Eric Alexander in one of his sermons. I've told some of you this story in the past. A lady, a woman, becomes a Christian. God enables her to look to the Lord Jesus and, and put her faith in the Lord Jesus as her savior from sin. And she brings him into her life as her master. Shortly after she becomes a Christian, she's convicted that she needs to tell her brother the good news of what has happened to her. Her brother lives in another town. She gets in touch with him. They make arrangements for her to get on the bus and go and spend a few days with the brother and his family. She's there, but for one reason or another, she's not able to bring herself to talking to her brother about this great news of Jesus Christ in her life. Her brother takes her to the bus station. It's time for her to go. Before she gets on the bus, she turns to her brother and she says, here, I, I want you to have this. Please take it and please read it. And she gives him a copy of the Bible, the word of God. That evening, he sits down and he begins to read and it grips him. It captures him, and he reads through the entire evening, and he reads the word of God into the wee hours of the morning. It's time now for him to go to work. He takes the Bible with him to work, and at lunchtime he goes out, and he is determined to find the church building, and go into that church building and find a, a minister and talk to that minister about what is gripping him. By God's grace, he does find the church building. A minister is present. That minister does know Christ. And that minister tells him the good news of Christ that he has been reading in the Word of God. The Word of God has power. The Word of God has life in it. And we need to ask ourselves upon being reminded of this, am I sharing? Am, am I spending time regularly in the living, active, powerful Word of God? The seed 
in our parable. Point two, let's think about the sower in our parable. Matthew 13, verse 3 reads, A farmer, or a sower, went out to sow his seed. For whom does the sower stand? The parable of the seed, the sower, and the soils is one of seven parables of our Lord that Matthew has recorded for us in Matthew 13. If you will look with me at the Lord's explanation of his second parable of Matthew 13, the parable of the weeds, I think we will see who the sower of seed in the first parable represents. Place your eyes on verses 36 and 37 of Matthew 13. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. In the parable of the weeds, Jesus, I think, tells us that the sower in the first parable is he himself. He, the son of man, is the sower of the seed. He, the son of man, is the sower of the word of God. And I believe we should also say every believer who shares the word of God, which should be all believers, is the sower of the seed too. So let's put it this way. The seed is the word of God and the sower is the Lord Jesus Christ using his people to scatter the word of God. The sower is the Lord Jesus using believers to scatter the word of God. Let's make two practical applications from our second point. A, when we go out and share the word of God, we should know that we do not go out alone. The Lord Jesus goes with us. In fact, he is the chief sower. Right now, as I proclaim to you the word of God, I am not doing this alone. Jesus Christ is with me. As he has put it in Matthew chapter 28, go and make disciples of all nations, and surely I will be with you always. We are co-laborers with God. Shouldn't that inspire us to share the word of God? Shouldn't that encourage us and embolden us. We are co-laborers with God. Here's a person 
I had the opportunity to say something about Christ to that person. I'm nervous. I'm scared. I'm reluctant. But Jesus Christ is with me. And being with me, he will enable me. And I'm a co-laborer with him. Jesus Christ goes with us. B, we should also know the Lord sets the standards for us in our sowing. He is the chief sower. He sets the standards. Like, we are to sow the pure word of God and not our personal opinions and ideas and philosophies as well. Leviticus 19, verse 19 says, You shall not sow your field with two kinds of seed. A farmer is not to plant corn and wheat or potatoes and peas together. We are not to sow the truth of the word of God and our personal ideas too. And we are to sow diligently. We are to sow faithfully. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. The seed is the word of God, living, active, powerful. The sower is the Lord Jesus, using his people, his people working diligently, working faithfully, and working just with the pure word of God. Point three. Let's look now at the soils of our parable. And this, once again, is the main part of the parable, the main reason Christ gave this parable. The soils represent the human heart, and they tell us that the result of the hearing of the word of God depends on the condition of the heart. The heart of the hearer determines the effect of the word upon it. There are four kinds of soil in our parable. Now listen, representing the four kinds of human hearts. Here's Jesus with a great multitude, so many people that he had to get into a boat and go from the shore and sit in the boat to do his teaching. And our Lord Jesus realized, he knew, that there were four kinds of hearts among the people. 
in reference to what he was going to say to them. There are probably four kinds of hearts here today in reference to you hearing the word of God. Here are the four. The hard heart. The shallow heart. The preoccupied heart. And the responsive heart. Let's spend time with each one of these hearts and see where our heart is. A, we have first the hard heart. In our Lord's day, wheat and barley were sown by hand. And as the sower scattered his seed, some of it would fall on footpaths that people used to go through that field to go from one place to another place. Some of the seed would fall on hard, packed ground, footpaths that ran through the field of the farmer. And the ground was too hard to receive the seed. And so birds would come and eat up the seed. Teaches the Lord. There are people who have hard, callous hearts when it comes to the word of God. Because they have consistently refused, consistently resisted the word of God. Their hearts have become hardened to it, and they do not understand it when they hear it. Their lives are not touched by God's truth because their hearts have been unresponsive to God's truth. It's not necessarily that they sit there or stand there and say, I hate what I'm hearing. I can't stand what I'm hearing. They just dismiss it. They just push it aside. But the problem with that is it impacts the heart. And the heart becomes hard so that it does not understand and does not respond. Think of the religious leaders of our Lord's day. They certainly heard the word of God from the Lord Jesus. They would sit there. They would stand there and they would listen to him. But they would refuse his word. And they became hardened to his word. And Satan snatched away his word from them. Let me say this again. Each one of us here has one of these four hearts. And it could very well be that some of us, even though we come, even though we sit, even though we look nice, even though we're polite, it could very well be that some of us have a hard heart in reference to the word of God. B. We have next the shallow heart. 
I have read that it's typical of Israel, that a portion of its tillable soil is found on top of layers of rock, uh, limestone, for instance. That means that some of the seed does not become firmly, deeply rooted. As a result, these seeds spring up quickly, but because they lack depth of earth, because they have no root system, they wither and die. Teaches the Lord, there are also people who have shallow hearts when it comes to the word of God. When the word of God is proclaimed, uh, there's, there's some interest, but the interest is purely superficial, purely short-lived. You, you, you may think about it a little bit. You may even make a comment in reference to something, but by Tuesday or Wednesday, it's gone. It's no longer there. In regard to the message of salvation, it's not that this person truly receives salvation. This person never does truly receive it in his heart. His response has only been a surface, most likely emotional response. Our Lord teaches us in reference to this kind of seed, that one may hear the word of God, outwardly respond to it with, with some uh, enthusiasm and joy, but not experience any good effect of it because that one does not accept it in his life. When he is tested with trouble for Christ, he shows his lack of true reception by forgetting Christ and going back to his former way of life. Shallow heart. Here, somewhat interested, but only in a brief, temporary, surface way. And so... There's no spiritual fruit in that one's life, even as there's no spiritual fruit in the life of a person who has a hard heart. Parents, we need to be praying that our children do not simply have shallow hearts, that our children are not simply coming and paying some attention to the word of God. We need to be praying that the Lord God in his grace would so come upon them that their hearts would be such that they are responsive to the word of God and they have the salvation of God. But let's move on to see the preoccupied heart or the crowded heart, someone has put it. Some of us have had the experience of planting some flower or vegetable seeds 
And because we did not take care of our planting, thorns or weeds wound up choking our plants, and they did not bear fruit. This past week, I visited the farmer up the road from Pat and myself, Mr. Hunt. Mr. Hunt no longer farms, but he, he does have a, just a, a little personal area where he, uh, he plants seed. And we were talking, and he told me that uh, he planted some tomato seeds this year in his personal garden. And he said that the tomato plants began to grow. And then, really, he went on to say this to me. But the weeds have gone on to choke my tomato plants. He actually used that word, choke, the way the Bible does. Just so, there are also people in reference to the word of God whose minds and hearts are so taken up with the things of this world that the hearing of God's word does not have a lasting impact on them. Because of the concerns of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth, the word of God is choked to death in them. One day, a young, wealthy man ran up to Jesus and asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Do you remember that story? Jesus looked at him and said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven, then come Follow me. Have you ever wondered why Jesus said those words to that young man? It's because he saw in his heart something that would choke the good news of Jesus Christ. At this, the rest of the story goes... At this, the young man's face fell because of what was in his heart. He went away sad because he had great wealth. The cares of this world and the glamour of wealth can choke the word of God. Someone has said that a gardener must not only love flowers, and fruits. He, she must also hate weeds. There are people, teaches the Lord, who do not hate the weeds that choke the word. And so they too experience spiritual fruitlessness. Now before I give us the last heart that's mentioned in our parable. Let me say this. Not only do these first three hearts not experience spiritual fruit from the word of God, they also do not undergo 
salvation. A hard heart, a shallow heart, a crowded heart do not receive the gospel and possess the salvation of God. Their hearts are unfruitful concerning eternal life. We really do need to ask, where's my heart in this parable? What kind of a heart do I have? If it's one of those three we have just covered, we are not experiencing the blessings of the word of God, and worse, we do not have eternal life. There's one more kind of heart. And this is the heart that does experience the power and life of the word of God. This is the heart that does experience salvation. And we call it the responsive heart. Look at Matthew 13, verse 23. But what was sown on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. Hears it, understands it, treasures it, and receives it. And he produces a crop, yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Here's the responsive heart. The responsive heart, unlike the hard heart, hears and thinks on the word of God. It does not refuse. It does not resist the word of God. It listens to it. It turns it over in its, in its mind. It, it goes on to understand and appreciate the word of God. The responsive heart, unlike the shallow heart, truly receives the word of God. It's not a surface thing. It's not a short-lived thing. It's a real thing. It puts its faith in what it hears and understands and brings it into his or her life. The responsive heart, unlike the preoccupied heart, holds fast to the word of God. God's word is its priority, not the world, not pleasures, not possessions, not plans, not family. It's the word of God. There is the responsive heart. The heart that goes on to experience fruit from the word of God. The heart that experiences salvation. Perhaps I can use the woman of Samaria of John 4 as an illustration here. The woman of Samaria heard the word of God from the Lord Jesus. And we see that she grappled with it. She heard it and she wrestled with it. She thought about it and she began to understand what Jesus was saying. She then brought it and the Lord Jesus into her life. She trusted in him. This was no surface thing. She made him her Messiah. She possessed him. 
She also did not allow her lifestyle to choke the word. And how many times have we seen this? A person's lifestyle chokes the word of God. The person will not give up his or her lifestyle. And so the word of God bears no fruit. She threw off her lifestyle and followed Jesus Christ. She had, by God's grace, a responsive heart. And oh, what took place in her life? Because the word of God is living and active and powerful. My friends, if you do not have this kind of heart, then you want to ask God to work this kind of heart in you. You want to pray, oh God, in your mercy, give me a humble, understanding, believing, responsive heart. There's the thrust of this parable of our Lord Jesus. Let me finish our sermon by asking you these questions. From point one, do you realize the power and life of the word of God? Jesus compares it to seed. Do you realize how powerful, how living the word of God is? From point two, are you letting Christ use you as a sower of this living, powerful word of God? From point three, what is your heart like? Is it a responsive heart that has experienced the salvation that comes through trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you have taught us this morning that there are four kinds of hearts that are present among people. We ask, would you please work? Would you please work, Lord Jesus, so that all of us and every member of our family, each one of us has a responsive heart. In your name and for your glory, we pray, amen.